Welcome to the Condo Vultures Podcast. This is Peter Zalewski. This is the Condo Market Analysis. It's a weekly analysis of a submarket within the South Florida region. All the markets that we take a look at every week, uh, again, every Monday, uh, are located east of Interstate 95 in the Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County areas. Now, there's two exceptions to our, our focus. One of them is Coconut Grove, which is a suburb, uh, not a suburb, but a neighborhood within Miami. It's located just south of where Interstate 95 ends right by US-1, which is the continuation of 95 that ultimately takes you down the Key West. The other exception we do is, is Coral Gables, which again is located just on the other side of Coconut Grove. So we're doing Coconut Grove this week. Next week, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna do Coral Gables for this condo market analysis. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna take a look at the condo market uh, within Coconut Grove. I will then take a look at the um, luxury condo market then take a look at the distrust market, and then finally I'll take a look at the rental market. Uh, at the end of the podcast, you should have a pretty good idea statistically as to what's going on in the Coconut Grove uh, marketplace. Now, I should tell you in terms of the source of the information, it's coming from the Southeast Florida MLS matrix, which effectively is the database. It's the MLS. This is the uh, entity or the, um, the, the, the infrastructure that realtors use uh, to go ahead and offer properties for sale as well as make commissions on it. Now, just so you're aware, Anybody who goes ahead and gets a real estate license, they then can go ahead and join a club. That club is called the Realtor Association. And what's the main uh, objective or the main incentive for joining this club? You get access to the multiple listing service, uh, the MLS, uh, this database, if you will. It's the equivalent of a golfer going ahead and joining a country club so they can play the course. This is uh, why people join the Realtor Association. Why? So they can get this MLS. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to focus on the data that's coming out of the MLS. Um, in addition to that, I'm also going to spell out to you uh, some of the shadow inventory and sort of how to get a sense of what's going on in shadow inventory site. Now, if you have any suggestions, you have any comments, uh, you want to um, make a criticism, a com um, compliment, anything like that, please feel free to send, go ahead and send an email to inquiry at condovultures.com. That's I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. We're going to go ahead, we're going to take a commercial break, and then after that, I'm going to go ahead and begin um, the analysis of the Coconut Grove Marketplace. So, fasten that seatbelt, lean back, and um, get ready to um, learn about Coconut Grove. Are you a primary user or real estate investor who's in the market for a discounted South Florida condo? Are you searching in the markets of Greater Downtown Miami, Miami Beach north to Sunny Isles Beach, Hollywood north to Fort Lauderdale, or anywhere else east of I-95 in the Tri-County South Florida region? If so, the buyer brokers at Condo Vultures Realty are here to assist you. Condo Vultures Realty is a licensed Florida brokerage that was established in 2006 to assist educated buyers in identifying, negotiating, and purchasing units at a discounted price. To speak with a buyer broker at Condo Vultures Realty, please call 305-865-5859 or visit our website, condovulturesrealty.com. Welcome back to the Condo Vultures Podcast. This is the Condo Market Analysis. It's a focus on coconut growth. For this uh, particular segment, I'm gonna go ahead and focus on the overall condo market. This is any condo located within coconut growth uh, again, which is a neighborhood within the city of Miami proper. For those of you who don't know, Coconut Grove was one of the first communities that was actually incorporated in South Florida. Um, Miami was its own city, and at some point, the two of them sort of buy, uh, combined. You will hear some uh, what they call Groveites. These are people who live in the Grove who still say that uh, Coconut Grove should secede from the city of Miami, but the uh, chances are that's not going to happen. Another reason why it's probably not going to happen is City Hall for the city of Miami it's actually located within the, the old Pan American Terminal when they had seaplanes, and that happens to be located in the Coconut Grove neighborhood. In terms of um, directional, where is it located? It's going to be located uh, east of uh, uh, I-95, which uh, 
um, when you go south enough, it becomes US-1. It'll be located between the bay and US-1. And then ultimately, probably some of the vicinity of about probably 12th Avenue all the way down to about 37th Avenue or so. Uh, so if you look at it on the map, it'll be the area that's located right on the coast. Now, what we're going to do for this Coconut Grove uh, condo market analysis, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you an overview of uh, what's for sale. Uh, what does stuff trade for? Um, what's the asking price? Um, how many units traded? Just that whole perspective. Give you an idea how to assess the market relatively quickly. So let's go ahead and let's begin. Now, Coconut Grove uh, condo market, if you do want to see uh, the statistics that I'm referring to in this particular podcast, I encourage you to go to condovulturesrealty.com. If you go to condovulturesrealty.com, scroll down to the bottom underneath a video and some properties that are currently listed for sale, you go ahead and you'll see uh, this report as well as a chart. So headline of that chart, if you do decide to go to uh, condovulturesrealty.com, headline will be Miami's Coconut Grove area faces nearly 11 month supply of condos listed for sale in South Florida during COVID-19 pandemic. So that's the headline and let's tell, let me tell you what we got. So currently in Coconut Grove neighborhood, there's about 37 condos for sale. 37. So it's a very small market. It's a real niche-oriented type of market. It tends to be dominated by single-family houses. Why do people go to the Grove? Well, basically, uh, the, um, the, 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 the trees, the foliage, overwhelming, gives you that real sense of old Florida and the subtropics, if you will. So um, not too many condos located there, but it is an area where increasingly developers are going in. They're building extremely high-end types of condos. Um, for people who want to live in the Coconut Grove area but don't necessarily want to deal with the house aspect because of the insurance, because of the upkeep, uh, because of everything else that's involved with it because many of the houses tend to be a little bit on the older side. Getting anything built in and around there can be a little difficult because the, uh, the community is very um, uh, focused on maintaining sort of the feel and the vibe of Coconut Grove. Another little key aspect of Coconut Grove, it's really sort of known for a bohemian type of lifestyle. Um, uh, several musicians, especially in the 60s, they moved through Coconut Grove. Uh, they hit all the little independent coffee shops and bars and, and, and uh, places like that, little restaurants. So it's got its own little distinct vibe that uh, is like nothing else effectively in South Florida. So here's what we got on the condo side. As mentioned, 37 condos are for sale for six months of the year to be January through June. You had 21 units trade, 21 units trade in six months. That's an average of about three and a half condos trading every month. Now, if you take that three and a half um, units trading per month, you divide it into what's currently available, which is 37 uh, units. You got about 10.6 months supply. So if you do some rounding, that comes out to about 11 months of supply. Now, generally speaking, rule of thumb, when you look at a marketplace, you're looking for about six months, is, which will represent equilibrium. Anything less than six months means there's simply nothing to choose from. Therefore, the seller has the advantage and chances are they're going to jack up the price. Anything more than six months means the buyer has the advantage because there's too many available and uh, nothing is really trading. And therefore, those sellers who want to get out, tends are, the chances are they need to sort of cut bait or they need to really make that deal. Um, they need to incentivize the buyer to go ahead and take out uh, uh, their property versus some of the um, other properties that are located there. Now, in the Grove, the average asking price is about $2.7 million. $2.7 million for six months of the year. What did the average condo trade for? Traded for just under $1.3 million. $1.3 million. The difference between what's being asked and what units trade for is about 112%. Now, why is this important? Well, this is a great way to sort of identify whether or not uh, a market is uh, ripe for deals or whether or not it's going to take some time. Effectively, think of it as fruit on a vine, if you will. So with the 112% difference between what the asking price is and what the transaction price is, that reflects that sellers do not yet realize that uh, they're probably asking a little bit way too much. 
And uh, if you are a buyer and you're looking for a quick deal, this is probably not the place to go simply because the difference is way too much between what the seller wants and what the, the prices ultimately trade for on average. Now, granted, every building is going to be, in, uh, it'll be different, it'll be separate, it'll be an um, uh, isolated situation. But that being said, this gives you a good rule of thumb, a good uh, baseline to sort of take a look at it. Now, where does this start to get interesting if you are looking for a quicker deal? You're looking for about 20% spread between what's being asked and what ultimately the average uh, transaction price is. Typically, when, uh, when that contracts, that 20% spread starts to get between 8 and 12 percent then you tend to get a deal so i would tell you looking at the price per unit basis um, 112 percent difference these sellers uh you know they're kind of out there they don't have a sense of really what the real market is now now how does it work out on a price per square foot basis remember the first number i gave you was price per unit or price per door i would advise if you're going ahead and you're looking at a market focus on price per square foot don't focus on the price per door why is that because a condo is nothing more than a commodity it's not a uh, house which is a piece of art uh, which is very distinct because of the property, how it's laid out, what the trees are, things like that. A condo is basically just stacked. It's all the same over and over and over. The tile might be different uh, in the floor. Um, on the floor, that might be different. The cabinets might be different. Countertop might be different. But for the most part, it's all sort of the same stuff. So on a price per square foot basis, a condo in Coconut Grove, they're asking 948 a foot. 948, what do they actually achieve for six months of the year? 560 bucks a foot. So you can see that's a big spread, about 69% spread. Again, 20% is when it starts to get interesting. 8 to 12% is, uh, difference is when you really start to see some transactions. So again, Coconut Grove condo market, sellers are asking way too much. Now, why are they asking so much? Probably because they paid too much. They probably bought as the market was headed upwards. Uh, they No one could anticipate the pandemic. Uh, you could anticipate the oversupply, which we currently have in the marketplace. But these uh, you know these sellers are going to basically have to uh, fight it out there. They're going to have to sit on it. They're gonna have, probably going to have to cut their prices until buyers come up and pay them what they want to go away. Now, finally, when you're looking at a marketplace, uh, something to look at is how many days does it take for a property to sell and how many days is a property on the market and what does that tell you well that tells you the properties that trade within a certain amount of time those are appropriately priced and those who do not trade within a certain amount of time they're way too expensive so what is the synopsis in coconut grove well the average number of days in the market for those properties that are currently listed 285 days 285 and those units that traded for six months of the year how long did it take 139 days so you can see it, those properties that are appropriately priced are going to transact. Those ones, uh, those properties that are not priced appropriately, they're simply going to languish on the market. They're going to sit there. Now, for what it's worth, most listing agreements with realtors uh, tend to be about six months. Um, so if you were a realtor and you're thinking about getting a listing in uh, Coconut Grove uh, Marketplace, I would tell you price it appropriately. Why? Because if you don't price it appropriately, lo and behold, you're going to take a listing, you're going to spend time, you're going to spend money marketing the property, and lo and behold, your listing will expire in uh, six months, and the property still not will not sell. So it'll probably be the second realtor that comes, is able to convince the seller that they're charging way too much, that ultimately is able to get the deal done. So that is an overview of the Coconut Grove condo market. Again, the headline, if you want to look at the the, the, the stats and you want to read the report, go to condovulturesrealty.com, look for the headline at the bottom of the um, uh, homepage that says Miami's Coconut Grove area faces nearly 11 months supply of condos listed for sale in south florida during covid19 pandemic we're going to take a break and on the other side i'm going to get into the luxury condo side don't buy a south florida condo discounted or distressed before taking a condo vultures correction tour condovultures.com offers weekly bus and walking tours that focus on educating buyers on the how-to's of identifying discounted condos analyzing the opportunities and purchasing units Every tour attendee receives a list of all condo projects in a particular market, a market assessment handout, and unmatched expert analysis. For more information on the condo correction tours, 
please visit condovultures.eventbrite.com or call 305-865-5859. Welcome back to the Condo Vultures podcast. I'm Peter Zalewski. This is a condo market analysis of Coconut Grove. In our previous segment, what we did is we talked about condos. Now we're going to talk about luxury condos. How do we define uh, luxury? For us, it's simple. Uh, we don't get caught up into the tile and the flooring and the cabinets and the amenities, none of that. Effectively, if a property is being has an asking price of at least a million dollars, we call it luxury. And if it doesn't have a million dollar asking price, then it's not luxury. Simple as that. Now, if you, you have a property that's listed for $999,999, it's not luxury for us. If it's a million dollars, we call it luxury. That's how we do it. Um, people in the industry, they do it a whole different variety of ways. Then they start to call it ultra luxury, ultra, ultra luxury, super ultra, ultra luxury. It just goes on and on and on. There are, there's no definitive um, uh, way to measure luxury from non-luxury. Anybody will use that if they're going to try to get a higher price. That's why we simply drew a line in the sand and we set up a million bucks or more listing price. So... That being said, let's get into the luxury market. And again, if you want to see any data related to what I'm going to talk about right now with the luxury market, go to condovulturesrealty.com, scroll down to the bottom underneath the video and some of the properties that are listed for sale. You're going to see a headline of the report, which says Coconut Grove faces 16 month supply of luxury condos listed for sale in South Florida during COVID-19 pandemic. So that's the headline. That's where you'll find the data. Now, what do we got in terms of uh, the luxury market? Again, a million dollars or more. 27 properties currently listed for sale for at least a million dollars in Coconut Grove. First six months of the year, 10 traded, 10. So if you take the 10 units that traded in the first six months of the year, which is January through June, you get an average of about 1.7 condos trading every month or so. So I take that 1.7 units that trade per month. That's the absorption pace. I go ahead, I, defi- I, bl- I divide that into what's currently available, 27 units. I end up with 16 months of supply, 16 months of supply. Equilibrium is six months for the condo market. Now, some people who focus on, let's call it the luxury, and air quotes, marketplace, again, we define as a million dollars or more, they'll tell you that it's going to take 12 to 18 months to transact a luxury unit, which is kind of ironic because most listing agreements are for six months, but uh, whatever. We'll take them. We'll take them for the word. So, if the uh, equilibrium in the luxury condo market is twelve months, there's still way too many units for sale. Because remember, there's sixteen months of supply. If the luxury um, uh, market in Coconut Grove is eighteen months, which not a lot of people buy into, but say you do, well, then this still seems to be a this seems to be a market that has a slight advantage to the seller, but not much of one. And what does it what does it ultimately mean to sixteen months of supply? Well, what it means is if nobody else lists their property for sale today. And we go forward at the current absorption pace, it's going to take you over a year to be able to sell your unit if you were to list it today. And again, no other units would put up on the market in terms of formally listed. Now, those units that are for sale, uh, what's the seller asking? They're asking $3.5 million a door, $3.5 million a door. The units that traded, what did they trade for in the first six months of the year? Again, January through June. They traded for two, just under $2.2 million. 3.5 is the ask, 2.2 is the transaction price. That's about a 61% spread. 61% spread. Um, again, we think 20% uh, difference between what the asking price is and what the average transaction price is, is when you tend to get some um, um, activity, some negotiations, and units typically trade 8 to 12%. So again, luxury condo market, just like the regular condo market in Coconut Grove, while not big, it's still oversupplied. There's way too many for sale. Now, in terms of price per square foot, this is how much um, it's going to cost to buy a unit in Coconut Grove. Again, the reason you focus on price per square foot is the same reason you focus on how much is a gallon of gasoline when you pull up to that intersection and you need to refill your tank and you're looking around at the best pricing and you decide if I really like this particular brand, I'm going to pay more and if I don't like it, I'm going to pay less. Easy way to sort of do it. So what is the asking price per square foot in Coconut Grove? 
1112. So effectively $1,112 a foot is what the average seller is asking for a condo in Coconut Grove. Units that traded for six months a year, what they achieve? 756 a foot. 756. What's the difference? 47% spread, 47. Again, 20% difference is when it gets interesting. 8 to 12% is when they trade. So you can see both on a price per door basis and a price per foot basis, Coconut Grove luxury condo market is oversupplied. There's too much out there. And effectively, if a seller wants to get out, they're going to have to get creative. And creative means basically incentivizing the buyer, which could be uh, amenities, could be upgrades, or most likely it's going to mean a lower price. Now, those condos uh, that are luxurious that are for sale in Coconut Grove, what's the average asking price? Or excuse me, the average number of days on market, 342 days. So the typical condo in Coconut Grove that's for sale, it's going on a year of being for sale and still hasn't sold. Now, those that did sell in the first six months of the year, how long did it take? 160 days, 160 days. So you can see if the seller prices it appropriately or they incentivize the buyer appropriately, the deals trade. And if the unit is just simply sky high outrageous because the seller needs to achieve a certain amount, maybe because they think they have gold or maybe because they overpaid, you can see they sit on the market and they just languish and languish and languish. And again, if you're a realtor and you take a listing on a property that's overpriced, the only thing you're going to do is waste your time and waste your money. And ultimately, some other realtor probably poach the listing from you, get the seller to cut bait and reduce the price, and then get it out the door, move it out the door. So that is the overview of the luxury condo market in Coconut Grove. Again, if you want to see the data, go to condovulturesrealty.com, scroll down to the bottom, look for a headline of a report that is entitled Coconut Grove Faces 16-Month Supply of Luxury Condos Listed for Sale. So we'll take a commercial break. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the distressed market in Coconut Grove. Challenging times for real estate calls for experts that help you to navigate the new normal in the process of buying or selling property in South Florida. At CBR Realty, we listen carefully and advise based on stats, local knowledge, and experience. For more information, call us at 305-865-5859 or visit our website, cbrrealty.com. Com. Welcome back to the Condo Vultures Podcast. This is Peter Zalewski. We spoke about the condo market in Coconut Grove. We spoke about the luxury condo market in Coconut Grove. Let's talk about the distress market in Coconut Grove. Now, unfortunately, Coconut Grove at this point doesn't effectively have any kind of distress market. And why is that? Because nothing's for sale. Nothing's traded. Nothing is pending. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Now, if uh, it did have a market, what would it be comprised of? It'd be comprised of effectively short sales and be comprised of REO or real estate owned, which is also bank owned. Now, um, because nothing's for sale, let's just sort of use this as an opportunity to sort of uh, uh, give you an overview about the distressed market. How does it work? Typically, the way the distressed market works is somebody will go and they will buy a condo. When they buy this condo, they're going to go ahead and they're going to take out financing on it. And when they get financing on it, um, it's typically an 80% financing, 20% down. Maybe it's 25% down. Maybe it's as much as 50% down, depending on what the borrower's um, uh, credit is and, and the terms and the price and things like that. Now, the difference in terms of what's owed in the mortgage, which could be 15 or typically 30 years, uh, that difference typically is, uh, is what the bank wants. Now, when uh, a, a owner gets into trouble, what will typically happen is the owner will try to get out of the property, assuming if they are afraid they're going to lose the property, which means they can't afford to pay for it anymore. So what they'll typically do on the first step is they will contact the bank and they'll say, listen, I owe more than the property is worth. And as a result, I want to see if I can bring in a buyer. And if I can bring in a buyer at a fair price, would you, the bank, be willing to maybe take a little bit of a haircut on what I owe you and trade the property and therefore um, the the owner, the seller is able to afford avoid foreclosure, 
And again, foreclosure takes uh, nine to 12 months or so from what I'm told by the attorneys. And it's going to cost some money. There's going to be some money involved with it. And then depending on who the, to the seller is or the person who's getting foreclosed, they might go ahead and damage the property, which means there's going to be all kinds of renovations that are going to be necessary. So that is what a short sale is. And again, there's no short sales currently in Coconut Grove, but during the downturn, uh, during the Great Recession, there were short sales. So this is a good way to sort of follow what's going on in the stress market wise is short sales. Now, if a property is upside down, meaning more money is owed than what the property is worth, then what happens? Well, if the seller is not, or the borrower is not able to bring in a buyer and convince the bank to go ahead and accept what the buyer is offering, then that means the, the um, owner, the seller, will typically start to fall behind. At that point, the bank will move to foreclose. Now, when the bank moves to foreclose, it takes nine to 12 months, it's gonna cost them some money, and uh, the property is basically gonna be tied up. And at that point, sometimes damage occurs, sometimes other things occur. Now, when the bank ultimately takes back a property, it's called a real estate owned. It's a new, it's a category that the banks use for those assets that they've had to seize. It's also known as an REO, which again, stands for real estate owned. Another way to refer to it is bank owned, bank owned. So um, bank owned properties, REO properties in Coconut Grove, currently they do not exist. But again, during the Great Recession, there were bank owned properties in Coconut Grove. And again, Bank owned is uh, once the property's been foreclosed, short sale is, uh, is sort of um, preemptive strike by the seller or the borrower trying to get out and avoid that foreclosure process, which is uh, effectively nine to 12 months. So because uh, there's nothing else going on distress-wise in Coconut Grove Marketplace, we're going to take our commercial break and then we'll get into the rental market. Are you a primary user or real estate investor who's in the market for a discounted South Florida condo? Are you searching in the markets of greater downtown Miami, Miami Beach, north to Sunny Isles Beach, Hollywood, north of Fort Lauderdale, or anywhere else east of I-95 in the Tri-County, South Florida region? If so, the buyer brokers at Condo Vultures Realty are here to assist you. Condo Vultures Realty is a licensed Florida brokerage that was established in 2006 to assist educated buyers in identifying, negotiating, and purchasing units at a discounted price. To speak with a buyer broker at Condo Vultures Realty, please call 305-865-5859 or visit our website, condovulturesrealty.com. Welcome back to the Condo Vultures Podcast. This is Peter Zalewski. We talked about the condo market, the luxury condo market, the distressed mark condo market, which there is none. And now we're going to talk about the rental market. Now, what's the key with the rental market? The key with the rental market is many people who buy their condo, they're, they might not necessarily live in it full time. And if they don't live in it full time, they want to know what they can rent it for. So in theory, if they're going to spend six months a year in this property, they want to know what they can rent it for the other six months. Or maybe they want to do overnight rentals, or maybe they want to do short-term seasonal rentals, whatever the case may be. But rental data is important to sort of keep your, uh, keep your eye on because it gives you an indication of worst case scenario. If you need to rent it because you're moving, something's happening, you, you know how much money you can generate to sort of bring it in. So what do we got going on on the rental side? Now, before I get into the data, let me just lay out to you and let me remind you, this rental data is coming from the multiple listing service, the MLS. Now, what does that mean? That means it's effectively the properties where a realtor has been engaged, has been hired to go ahead and list the property for rent. That realtor will then go ahead and put the property in the MLS. And at that point, those people who are scrolling the internet and they find something for rent, they're probably going to show up and go directly to the realtor who has a listing and or it's going to be a realtor who's representing a tenant who might want to rent the property. Now, um, uh, for these uh, these situations, a commission will be paid. Generally speaking, a rental commission is 10% of the gross annual rent. So what that means is the place renting for $1,000 a month 
will at 10% will effectively $12,000 is what it would cost for a year of rent. 10% commission was effectively $1,200. There's two brokers involved, one on the tenant side, one on the landlord side. They're, they're splitting $600 each. If no other broker is involved and it's only the landlord side broker, then that realtor might be able to keep it all or they might have some sort of mechanism where they get uh, chiseled down in terms of how much they're ultimately going to get paid. So that is what a listing is uh, in terms of rental market. Now, keep in mind, many properties uh, that you're driving by and you see a big sign that says for rent special, move-in specials, whatever the case may be, there's one number and one landlord that's getting all the checks. That typically is a corporate-owned property. And if it's a corporate-owned property, these properties are not going to be listed in the MLS. Why? Because they don't want to pay a commission. So for instance, remember the scenario I laid out to you, 10% commission on $1,000 a month, which is $12,000 a year in rent, 10% of that is $1,200. Well, just imagine if you have a 300 unit building and you're paying $1,200 commission on all 300 units. It's very, very, very costly. So what um, corporate owners will do, again, the ones that have the sign to say for rent, special, move-in special, anything like that, they'll hire one or two people to pay them 35 grand. They'll sit in an office and this way they're able to avoid paying the commissions to realtors. But also too, what it does is it doesn't give you a full perspective of what the rental market is. So in Coconut Grove, numbers I'm going to talk about will simply be what's listed. It is going to exclude corporate-owned properties. And there are quite a few of them in Coconut Grove. And as a result of that, because they're not in there, that will be the shadow inventory. So that's the part we sort of don't know. Now, one tidbit about the rental data when you get into it, all the numbers I've given you up to this point have been averages. When you get into rental, because it is so across the board, I would encourage you to only use median. Do not use average. Why? Because some are daily rentals, nightly rentals, uh, weekly rentals, monthly rentals, yearly rentals. Some are furnished, unfurnished. It's just all across the board. So the best way to do it is look at median number and it gives you a sense. And I like to say, it's like licking your finger, holding up and trying to figure out which way the wind is blowing because you don't have all the good information, but it's the best we sort of got. And why why do we not have better information? Simple. When you do a real estate deal, something has to be recorded with the government in terms of a deed. When you do a rental lease, uh, nothing has to be recorded. So therefore, there's no paper trail. So people say whatever the hell they want. Now, that being said, let's get in the rental market side. So currently in Coconut Grove, 39 places are for rent. And let me let me just stipulate uh, these places that are for rent. These are apartments, condos, efficiencies, multifamily, and townhouses. And you say, Peter, when you're talking about condos, why are you telling me about all these things? Well, the reason is simple. When a renter is looking for uh, on the market, what the renter looks for is price. And ultimately, they adapt to what the situation is. Uh, somebody buying a place, they kind of have this idea of price as well as what they want. So that's the difference. So I'm including all of it. Now, what do we got on the rental side? 39 places are for rent. 39. How many were rented the first six months of the year? 55. 55. So do some rough math. January through June, you had 55 places rent. That's an average of 9.2 places being leased each and every month. Take that 9.2 uh, uh, leases per month or absorb divided into 39 for sale, you get 4.3 months of supply. Equilibrium is six months, six months. So because there's less than six months, that means in theory, the landlord should have the advantage here because there's not enough to choose from. That is until you factor in that there is shadow inventory. Those places that are owned by corporate landlords who are not using the MLS. So 4.3 months of supply, I would say market's probably close to equilibrium. I wouldn't say it's a hardcore landlord advantage. Now, in terms of rent, what's being asked? Median asking price. And again, do not use average because the rental data is daily rentals, weekly rentals, monthly rentals, annual rentals, furnished, unfurnished, all across the board. Use median. So what is the median rental price per unit per month? 4400 bucks. What did the landlords actually achieve in the first six months of the year? 2350 dollars $23 What's the difference? 87%. Now, again, when it's about 20% difference between what the asking price is and what the, what the, the deal transact at, then you get activity. And typically, when it's 8 to 12%, you get a deal done. So you can see from a price perspective, the Coconut Grove rental market, 
it's a little bit on the high side, a little rich, if you will. Um, uh, now, on a price per square foot basis, and again, this is what I recommend because this is how you buy gasoline. This is how you buy commodities. You're paying a price per square foot. You're not getting um, jammed up and looking at other things, you know, bells and whistles that don't really matter. So, on a price per square foot basis, a rental in Coconut Grove, ask is three forty eight a foot per month. Three forty eight a foot median, and then on a in terms of the first six months of the year, what they rent for median basis two forty one a foot. Two forty one a foot. So you can see big difference. Real big difference. That means a thousand square foot place rented for twenty four hundred, while the landlord was asking close to thirty five hundred. That's a big difference. Ultimately, forty four percent spread between what the landlord's asking and what the places rent for. Again, twenty percent. It gets interesting. Eight to twelve percent deals happen. Now, finally, um, in terms of how long have the places been on the market? Median number of days for a place on the market in Coconut Grove: sixty six days. Sixty six days. Those properties that rented, how long did they take? Forty eight days. Now, why the difference? Well, appropriately priced places will rent and those others that are overpriced are simply going to languish on the market. So that is the rental market in Coconut Grove. As mentioned, Coconut Grove is a um, it's a neighborhood within the city of Miami. It's located right on the coast. It's a bohemian type of community. A lot of high-end condos going up there um, as of late, but uh, I mean, basically it's like the rest of South Florida oversupplied condo market. Now, if you, um, you have any questions for us, uh, you have any comments, Please feel free to go ahead and send us an email to inquiry at condovultures.com. That's I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. If you do not yet subscribe to our podcast, I'd encourage you to do so wherever you get your podcast. And then finally, if you like what we're doing, give us a comment. Uh, you know, more comments we get, the more the word spreads and the more we're able to go ahead and, and ultimately follow through on our mission statement, which is to try to bring clarity to the real estate market because there's a lot of hype down here in South Florida. Everybody's sort of spinning. And we're trying to just give you this straight talk. Why is that? Because when people have the facts, they can go ahead and make the decision. They can make price adjustments to go ahead and play even when it seems like a time others would not be playing. So um, until next time, um, I want to thank you for listening and uh, be sure to touch back on Monday, Condo Market Analysis. That's where we take a look at the marketplace. Be sure to check back on Wednesdays. This is where we do a record, reporter's roundtable where we bring together current and former journalists, talk about the biggest headlines that are occurring in South Florida that could be impacting um, uh, real estate. And then finally on Fridays, I do a one-on-one real estate players profile where uh, I talk to somebody who's influential, who's got uh, some sort of insight that could be valuable to you, the listener, if you're interested in the South Florida marketplace. So until next time, I'm Peter Zalewski. Ciao, ciao.